Hey, this is Coach Mel, the host of Beautifully Restored Podcast, and you are listening to Relationships and Revenue with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everybody, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled that you chose to spend just a little bit of your time with me because I know that is your most precious resource. Joining me today is my friend, and I hope soon to be your friend, Coach Mel, Melissa Stewart. How are you today? Hey, I'm fantastic. I am doing awesome. It's a beautiful day. I think spring is here So super excited for that. Oh, yes. Very excited. And for those of you who are only listening and not able to see us right now, we're talking about it's the very beginning of March 2021. And we've gone through a horrible deep freeze with lots and lots of snow and ice in all different places of the country. Everything's been turned upside down. I mean, in Texas, they had snow and ice and lost all kinds of things and boil orders for water and just craziness. But It's beautiful outside, at least where I am in Kansas City is beautiful, where you are in central Illinois. It's very nice. It sounds like there too. Is that right? Yeah, I looked at the the 10 day forecast and it it looks like 40 high 40s, 50s, upwards to 60s for the next 10 days, which gives me hope that we maybe are on our way. Oh, digging that, digging that. So there's there's something about that, you know, along with some sunshine. I'm looking out my window right now. I mean, there isn't a cloud in the sky. It's beautiful sunshine. Oh totally love it love it love it because another thing about spring folks that i love it's when the dead things come to life you start to see just those little hints of green in in the grass and a few of those little blades on the bushes and in the trees and it's like oh life is coming back again and that's kind of how it feels like to me right now and so hopefully that's what this particular episode is going to do for you today is going to breathe life into you Heck yeah. I love All that. All right. So <laughs> I want to tell you guys a little bit about Coach Mel because she has become one of my new favorite people, mostly because she's a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it for this reason. I refer to myself often as a serial entrepreneur and Coach Mel most definitely is a serial entrepreneur. So she is a health coach. She is an entrepreneur. She's a blogger. She's a speaker, podcaster, as you heard her say. She's a personal trainer. Is there anything you don't do, Coach Mel? Not really. I mean, I've sung for weddings. (laughs) I've played for funerals. Um, Gosh, I think I've really done it all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and folks, I have some unique things, too. Uh, On the, I guess, the opposite side, she talked about funerals. I do, I perform wedding ceremonies. So kind of catching both ends there. Both ends. Uh, (laughs) She's got a fantastic podcast. She mentioned earlier, it's called Beautifully Restored. Really should check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes for you so you can check out her podcast. It's really great stuff. She just has so many amazing guests on there that share stories of true life transformation. And that's kind of your story too. So 
I've kind of teased everybody a little bit with who, who you are. And before I get to your story, I want to mention two other titles that you hold that I suspect are probably the top rung two, and that's wife and mama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's the best of all, right? So yeah, I have a 16-year-old boy who's driving uh, and uh, he's doing really well. And I have a 14-year-old girl who's going to be in high school next year. My kids are so awesome. I have teenagers and everybody wants to feel sorry for me, but I'm not trying to brag. My kids are freaking awesome. So they're fun. They're great kids. I'm super blessed. I don't know how I did it because I've been a mess at times. And so <laughs> despite my mess, I'm telling you what, they turned out to be some awesome kids. And yep, I, I'm a wife. I've been married now to Mike for probably almost four years, been together for about seven. So he's my second marriage and uh, wonderful, just proof that there is someone out there for, uh, for you. If you, if you, even if you feel like maybe you'll never find someone great. Um, it took me a while to find him, but I found him. So. All right. Well, it sounds like there might be hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there's someone for you too, John. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So mom, if you're listening, coach Mel said it's true. That's right. <laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So take us back. Um, again, please share as much or as little as you feel comfortable sharing, but give us your backstory, how you kind of began all this and how did you get to where you are now to be talking about these kinds of life transformation? I mean, cause you're talking about it in multiple ways through the various businesses that you have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, life is not. Uh, the, the journey of life seldom goes the way you think it will go when you set out hmm. into it. <laughs> and mine surely did not go the way that I had planned. Uh, so I started off in a very conservative world, very conservative Baptist church, which was my life, my complete circle. It was everything, friends, family. That was my life, my church. And it was very conservative. I was a, what I like to call a skirt wearing Baptist. I gave up wearing mm -hmm. pants, shorts, anything quote unquote, immodest when I was like 14 years old. And I did not wear a pair of pants until I was 29. So just to give you an idea, uh, just very, very legalistic, filled with rules, all of the what you can't do, um, and a lot of judgment. So I, I'm not gonna, I'm not talking bad about all Baptist churches, but what I grew up in was a very legalistic environment where there was a big emphasis on the rules and the regulations. Uh, and so I went through all of that as a conformist. You know, I was definitely a pleaser and a conformist. I would have done anything that they told me I should do to be a good, godly woman. So I uh, went down this path and uh, was very separated and very different and got married at 18 years old. So the man that I married was my high school sweetheart. So he was the only man that I'd ever known. In fact, I'd never ridden in a car alone with a man until I got married at the age of 18 and we left the church. So that was the first time I ever got into a vehicle alone with a man <laughs> was when we left wow. the church married. I can remember looking at him in the passenger or in the driver's seat going, is this okay? Like this feels so wrong. <laughs> just being in the car, <laughs> heading to our honeymoon. So just to give that backstory so you guys can understand what a weird world I was kind of in. Um, so got married. We went to the ministry right away, 18 years old. I moved a thousand miles from home. We moved to Louisiana and we worked in a church and there began our ministry together. Um, we were in several different churches 
you know, it's weird because in life, sometimes you feel like you're okay. Uh, if you'd have asked me or him that entire time, we were married for 10 to 12 years, 10 years married, then two years separation, then divorce. If you would have asked us during those 10 years of marriage, were we happy? We would have said yes, that we were happy. Everything was fine. But we didn't realize that it wasn't fine. So mm. big events happened. He messed up. And I won't talk about that as much as my mess up. I messed up. And it, 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 it involved uh, in, you know, infidelity. And I was a pastor's wife. So you have to understand what happens in a conservative Baptist church when the pastor's wife has been caught in that kind of sin. <laughs> it blew up. It became very public. And I was cast out of the church and told I was not allowed to come back, even though I was very repentant and sorry. So to wrap this story up, to give you guys the, the understanding of where all that, what, where it's brought me to where I'm at today is that I had nothing. I had no one. I had no job, no car, no house then because my husband didn't want me to live at home anymore. I had two little kids. They were tiny. They were very small. And my parents disowned me because they also were Baptist. They were very, very ashamed of my sin and what I had done. And so I had no one except for my brother and I moved in with him. So my story is one of restoration. That's why I have my podcast beautifully restored to show people that your life can be 100% restored and then some. You can not only come back and yeah. get the things back that you lost in a different way, but you can have more and more than you could ever imagine and be happier than you ever imagined. Mm. Um, but it took me taking responsibility. I blamed no one but myself. I bucked up, I stood up, I faced the music and I started taking steps every day just to be better, to be stronger. And, uh, that was about 13 years ago. So now 13 years later, yeah, I, I went from having nothing, owning nothing <laughs> to now owning three separate businesses and, um, you know, met a wonderful man who accepts me for who I am and all of my past. My kids are incredible and I'm being used to impact and help people to show people that there's hope. There's hope no matter what, no matter how cast out, no matter how lonely, no matter how unwanted, no matter how ashamed, no matter how much you hate yourself, no matter how much people hate you, there's hope. There's always hope. So that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. You know, that's that's important for folks to feel like they have hope because when hope is gone, nothing good follows that. Nothing. Nothing. Seriously. I mean, I, I, I think about my life and the things that have happened there, you know, events that led up to my divorce. Um, you know, there definitely was a time when I felt like all hope was lost. Mm -hmm. You know, now more of that was, you know, when it kind of came down and it's like, you know, where do I go from here kind of thing. But, you know, there's just a matter of working through it. And it's, and for you, it might not be that it might not be a divorce sort of thing. It might not be infidelity. It might not be what we've talked about, but you may have your own thing, that hard thing you've had to go through. You may have had a death in your family and you're like, how do I pick up the pieces from that? Um, it could be because of COVID you lost your job and you've tried to piecemeal something together to at least put food on your table. And it still feels like, is this ever going to end? Right. Well, Coach Mel and I are here to tell you it will end. There is an end in sight. There's something, take our hope and hang on to that. Our hope for you, 
because sometimes that's what you need. If you don't have enough belief in yourself, sometimes you have to borrow somebody else's belief in you. So take ours because we believe in you. I believe in you. That's just an aside for everybody. Wasn't planning on talking about that, but uh, <laughs> sometimes those are the best things. Oh yeah, people need, people need to hear that. I've always said that during my, my difficulties, if one person, just one person would have came to me and said, I believe in you, you yes. screwed up, but yes. I know you are Melissa and I think you're freaking awesome and you can fight back from this. I believe in you, I love you and I'm here for you. I didn't have that person <laughs> that came out that strongly and said that, but if you can have one person that will say that to you, that's all you need. And on the reverse, whoever's listening to this, one of my biggest messages of my story is that to be ready because in your life, this may happen to someone in your circle in your friends, in your family, it may be your kids, it may be your cousin, it may be your boss, it may be your coworker, it may be your sibling. Someone is gonna screw up royally, they're gonna lose something in a big way, they're going to be at the bottom and they're gonna need just one person. And I challenge you to be the first, the first person to pick up the phone, call them and be like, I'm here, what do you need? I'm here for you. I may not agree with what you did, I may not understand what happened. I may not know even how to help you, but I want you to know that I'm here. And if you would take the initiative to be the very first person to do that, 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 is, that would be, for me, that would have been such an amazing thing. So that's one thing I've learned. That's something that I try now to do, or that's something that I do do in my life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, be that person that you wish you'd had in yeah. your life that's providing Again, the hope, the belief that, I mean, it could be something that you consider to be more tangible. And that is if someone had done for you like your brother did, because he stepped up and he provided a place for you guys to go. I had somebody like that in my life, um, uh, a, a couple uh, people I had served with on a church staff before, uh, Steve and Nola Reed. So I have no idea if they're going to hear this at all, but uh, they stepped up and allowed me to live in the downstairs portion of their home for about 18 months. You know, and my kids came over occasionally. I mean, they weren't there all the time, but. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a huge, huge thing for me. It, and they had, they had that kind of belief. It's like, cause they knew what happened. They didn't pretend like it didn't exist. They also didn't pretend like, you know, there was some sort of um, cosmic cooties that I had, that they couldn't come in contact with me, that somehow I was untouchable yeah. in some way. Um, yeah. You know, we, and, this, and this is a good place for me to say this, because I don't talk about this real often. And I'm, I'm going to make a statement, and it's going to sound like I'm being negative on the church, and I'm not. Uh, for those of you who listen to this show on a regular basis, you know, I am a person of faith. I am a Jesus follower, completely, totally, 100%. It's not something I do. It is who I am. It permeates every part of my being. When I knew I was getting a divorce, I reached out to folks because I didn't want them to hear about it because this was the early days of Facebook. So social media really hadn't started taking off yet. It was just kind of in the beginning. And it's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know this is coming. Um, that's about all I felt like I could say at the time. And the unfortunate side is many folks that I had gone to school with, especially that I went to grad school, which was seminary for me, um, 
had nothing to do with me. Completely cut off contact with me. Didn't even bother to ask me what happened. None of that didn't even seem to matter. But when I was on Facebook and I was at that time, I had recently reconnected with some folks that I went to high school with because I the about a year and a half previous, I had had my 20 year high school reunion. And so I'd had some connections with these folks again that I hadn't heard from in 20 years. Now, some had become believers over the years, most had not. But the amount of care and compassion and kindness that they shared with me was at times overwhelming. I didn't know what to do with it because I hadn't received a lot of that. I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, the other thing that was pretty amazing to me was this whole idea of forgiveness. Now, you need to understand, for those of you <clears throat> who aren't Jesus followers, you will often hear us talk about things like forgiveness. And I will be the first to tell you that I knew about forgiveness for a long time. But I didn't know it deep down inside until my divorce happened. Because I had to face a lot of really tough stuff about me and what I had done wrong. I had to learn how to forgive me first before I could allow God to forgive me and for me to be able to go to others and ask them for their forgiveness for the things I had done wrong, trying to make amends, that sort of thing. And so this whole idea of forgiveness now for me, oh man, I give it away all the time, constantly. Because for most things, it is not worth holding on to. Mm -hmm. My apologies, folks, for kind of taking us down a slightly different road. I, this was not a part of what, if you see, it is not in the notes at all that I had for today. But I really felt like this was something important for you to hear. Somebody needed to hear about this. Somebody needed to hear about forgiveness today. And yeah, hope. Forgiveness and hope. It's interesting about forgiveness. It's it's my number one gift. I took a, a mm -hmm. test one of those strengths tests, you know, um, where you test your strengths. And my number one uh, strength on this test was forgiveness. And I wasn't surprised at all because forgiveness <laughs> is so easy for me. And I think it's because I've been forgiven of so much mm. myself by God and by many humans on this earth. And giving forgiveness is the one of the easiest things that I'm able to give people. I don't struggle at all with it. I have forgiven everyone. I, it's unbelievable. I don't have I don't have ought against one person in this world that I really could have some. So many people would say like, "How do you have a relationship with that person?" Yep. Um, it's not hard for me, but and I know that's unique, and I think it's just a gift. My husband and I talked about this recently because I'm like, "Am I able to forgive easy?" Because I'm like a detached person, like you know, like am I? that's not a good thing. Like to think that I'm not emotional enough to be like, is that, that would be bad. And I said, I hope it's not that. I hope it's a gift. And he goes, I think it's a gift, Melissa. He goes, you have the gift of forgiveness. And he said, he said, he's learned a lot from watching my example of forgiveness. And he's tried to be more forgiving of people by watching me. It's just something that's been easy for me, but I think it's because I have screwed up so royally in life. And that to be forgiven of that, I, I, it's just, it's like, how could I not forgive other people for something when I've been forgiven of something so big? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. It does. It's so much easier to do. All right. Well, I'm going to try and redirect us back. Uh, and I take full responsibility for taking <laughs> that tangent. 
Okay. I, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit more about who you serve. So that can be in terms of your businesses. That can be in terms of your podcast. So when you think, okay, who I'm trying to reach, who comes to mind for you? Well, first, it's people that need hope uh, in in so many different ways. People that feel like giving up. People that feel stuck. People that feel that they're caught and they're, they're, they don't know how to get around something. And this can be people that are struggling with weight loss. I, 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 so many women and men who have struggled with weight their entire lives and they feel like they are trapped and they can't even envision a healthy life um, and losing weight. Those people that grabs me as a health coach, you know, as a life coach, it grabs me the people that feel like they can't forgive themselves or they're just beyond um, ever having a good life again, you know, because that's me right there, right? I, I relate to that. So I, I think that I'm really here to serve people, to give them hope and to help them find a way to, to show them that there is a way. And as a coach, that's what I, that's what I aim to do. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the various businesses that you have. So I, I, my, my businesses are kind of funny because they're, they seem different, but yet they're all interconnected. I'm a hairdresser. I've been doing that for 20 years. So I've been making people beautiful and feel better about themselves for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that job is incredible because I have people sitting in my chair that will like, tell me everything. <laughs> I've had people admit to me that they're having an affair on their husband, that their husband just had an affair on them, that their kids are expelled from school, that they are, I had a guy tell me one time that he was having homicidal thoughts. Whoa. I've had people tell me they're having suicidal thoughts. So as a hairdresser, you are very much a, in a therapist type role, even though we don't feel qualified to be that way. Let's, let's call it a bartender. <laughs> okay. We listen to people all day long, either complain or pour their heart and soul out to us. And so it's funny because as a hairdresser, I'm able to serve those people. And like what I just explained to you, serving people that really just need to be heard. Yes. Um, I love to listen. I think that I am a great listener. I have the ability to listen to someone talk and not interrupt them at all, if, if, not, if, if not needed. I love to listen. It fascinates me stories. People ask me when I'm a hairdresser, if I get tired of listening to people talk to me all day. No, not at all. I love it. And I would rather listen to them than me talk. So I actually try to keep my, I try to keep my comments down and I just listen. And if they're looking for advice, I'll give them advice. But most people, and remember this, this is a good one. I learned this in health coaching school. Most people just need a good listening too. And I think that there are very few people in this world who are willing to listen. Everyone has an agenda. You know, have you ever told those stories to someone and that someone, every story you tell that person goes, oh yeah, me too, I had that happen once too. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that too. Oh yeah, let me tell you my story that reminds me of what you just said. And they're not a good listener. And so as a hairdresser, I love that because I get to listen to people all day long. They leave feeling better, looking better. It's, it's amazing the transformation when they walk out of my salon. So I do that. I actually own the salon that I work in. So I bought that salon. So I have five, six booth renters in there that uh, work in the salon with me. And um, I named it, I was able to name, rename the salon when I bought it and I named it Fiercely Beautiful. And I just love that because I love power words. So Fiercely Beautiful Salon. Uh, I also own a house cleaning business. I started this 
over 10 years ago when I got divorced and I needed to make money because I had nothing. I had my hair uh, uh, license, but I didn't have a strong clientele because I was working from home. So I had to make money fast. So I started cleaning houses. I built it from one house to 15 houses. I was cleaning 15 houses uh, every two weeks and then working as a hairdresser, also just trying to make um, ends meet. I worked that business for years until I read Jen Sincero's book, which is called How to Be a Bad, you know, it's called You Are a Badass at Making, no, yeah, You Are a Badass at Making Money or How to Be a Badass at Making Money, something like that. But it's a, that she has two books about You Are a Badass is one of them. Sorry about my language. Uh, that's just the name of the book. And then the other book is about making money. And I read that book and it changed my life because I realized I didn't want to be cleaning people's toilets anymore. <laughs> And I want, I knew that I, I, I wanted to be doing more. So I hired employees. I made that into a legit business. And now we are cleaning 45 properties in the community. I have eight employees and we are growing like crazy. And that business is called tidy up by Melissa. And we have a wonderful reputation in the community for caring and really wanting to please people. So what I love about that business is that we go in there, we clean people's homes. So when they come home, they can rest, uh, relax and just enjoy a clean home. They don't have to clean on the weekends. And so like, to me, that's very um, satisfying to know that we are creating that environment for people. So again, that, that business kind of plays into the helping people um, mm -hmm. aspect. And so, and then I do personal training. I, do, I teach women how to be comfortable with a barbell and dumbbells because so many women they walk in the gym and what do they do? They look at the weight room. They see all the big muscly men or maybe a couple of hot girls wearing a sports bra and shorts and they're in there in the weight room lifting weights and the women say, nope, uh, I'm gonna go to the elliptical or the treadmill. <laughs> I used to be that woman. Uh, so one of my passions is helping women feel comfortable with a barbell in their hands or on their back and uh, dumbbells and just learning proper form, getting strong because getting strong was part of my healing. I got very strong on the outside and that helped me be strong on the inside. So I do personal training and I teach uh, strength training to women. And then in addition to that, of course, I have the life and the health coaching, Coach Mel, um, I coach, I have group coaching, I have one-on-one -on -one clients. So uh, my life is spent just all of my businesses, just helping people. Um, if I can impact and help people, it doesn't even matter how much money I'm making. I, I really just love helping people, people that feel like they just are stuck and there's no way out and just helping them find a way. So. Absolutely. Um, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but coach Mel might not know this. Uh, one of the businesses I own is a cleaning company. I think we talked about it in our conversation earlier, uh, last week or week before. Uh, yeah, I remember that now. I kind of forgot about it, but yeah, you told me that you do. That's so cool. We have a lot of similarities. <laughs> uh, we do in, in, in many, many ways. So uh, let's see here. Let's talk a little bit more about your podcast. Sure. About Beautifully Restored. Who are you trying to reach with that? Well, I reach a wide variety of people. I'm always surprised by my audience. Mm -hmm. But who's your who's your target for the most part? If you had to narrow it down to say, okay, uh, this is, for instance, this actually is, is a good thing. Uh, this, okay, I think God's trying to tell me something because this is an exercise I have done half a dozen times in the last week in on various platforms, one of which is Clubhouse. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But 
So I want, I want to take us through an exercise because I think it will be helpful to those who are listening, especially for those who either are new in business or are thinking about starting their own business. Term you'll hear a lot of people use is trying to figure out your avatar. Oh, I'm so tired of terms that everybody else uses. You call it whatever you want. It's who you're trying to target, but you've, it's personification is the key. So with your podcast, let's talk about that for a minute, Coach Mel. Picture who your ideal person is that's paying attention, that's listening to you, that's getting something from that. Do you have that person in mind? Yes. Okay. Is that person male or female? Uh, can it be both? <laughs> Probably female. No, no, we got to be real specific yeah, here. It's important. Okay. There's a reason I'm saying this. Yeah, female. Okay. What's her? Let's give her a name. What's her name? Stacy. Okay. How old is Stacy? 43. Stacy's 43. Is she married or or? Married, single, or divorced? She's divorced. Okay. Stacy's divorced. And she's how 38? 43. 43. I apologize. Okay. So Stacy's 43. She's divorced. Kids? Yes, kids. They're how many? Uh, how many? One graduated. There's two. One's graduated and, and one is like junior in high school. So almost. Okay. Almost. So older kids. Uh one's out and one's almost out. Mm -hmm. Okay. The reason I'm kind of in a very nice way forcing you to do this is because the closer we can get to who we think our ideal person is, our ideal audience is, the easier it is that we can start to bring things to them that appeals to them. So we can bring the right kinds of guests on our shows. We can have the right offerings for these folks because you know this, a person who has multiple businesses and, and pick one of your businesses. It doesn't matter which one. If you're taking the shotgun approach, you're going to hit nothing. Mm -hmm. You got to be real targeted. Um, so I have found it extremely helpful to be able to do that. To it, That personification is key because the more you say Stacy, when someone say, hey, who are you trying to reach with your podcast? Let me tell you about Stacy. Stacy's 43. She's divorced. She has two kids. One just recently graduated from high school. The other is a junior. And then you can tell us about some of the other characteristics of Stacy, things that are going on in her life. The more detailed you can be, the better. That makes it easier for people to relate. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and listeners, I hope you're catching on to that too. For those of you who are in business for yourselves or thinking about being in business for yourselves, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you offer, I don't care if it's a product or a service, it doesn't matter. You don't appeal to everybody. That's not possible. I can promise you. Let me give you an example of an extremely well-known brand. Extremely well-known. When I say it, everyone will know. Coca-Cola. Everybody knows Coca-Cola. I'm not their target. I don't drink Coca-Cola. Quite frankly, I don't drink soda at all. And that's an entirely different discussion. So, um, and there are many reasons why I don't. But that is a brand where their advertising doesn't work on me because it's not an appeal for me. I'm not who they're trying to reach. They're not trying to reach the health conscious plant-based folks. They're not. And they shouldn't try to. They know who they're trying to reach and they do it very well. Just look at their sales. It's pretty obvious that they do it well. Same thing I'm sure is true for you, Coach Mel, when it comes to the various things that you do. Because you were talking about your health coaching just a moment ago. And while at first you mentioned that you work with both women and men, when I did a little bit of research 
into you and the things that you offer, what I saw over and over again on the health side was women. Yeah. So my suspicion is that that's women. really who your avatar is when it comes to your health coaching. Yeah, but I've had some male, several male clients and I, so I hate to like not, I hate to um, eliminate them because I've really enjoyed working with them. I have a new one that's starting with me soon and I, I really have enjoyed working with them. So, but generally it's mostly, it's, it's mostly women. Uh, seems like that is attracted more is women. So. I get that. You know, what's interesting. I mean, this particular podcast relationships and revenue, I mean, the purpose of it is to help men get better at relationships at home so they can get better at relationships in business. But I will tell you that there are lots of women who listen to the show, who contact me and ask me questions. If for no other reason, just so they can learn about guys and understand them better. So while women aren't my target, they're still getting hit, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure. Cool. All right. So let's talk some more about your podcast, though. Let's go dig a little deeper into that, because I've listened to several of your episodes, and you have quite the variety of guests on there. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the show and maybe like how you decide who you want to have on, what you're trying to do with it, that sort of thing. My guests are people who have been through very challenging, difficult situations in life. And I've had some that were born with them, you know, like I had the one guy who was born with only part of his arm developed and he's now an elite adaptive athlete. Uh, his name's Casey, it was a great interview. He's, uh, he's local and he's amazing. Um, he overcame having an underdeveloped arm. It's like, it's like literally, uh, hardly any, anything. And he's able to, it's a, he's, he's incredible, <laughs> um, pull amazing, uh, amounts of weight above his head. It's crazy what he does. So I've got that. I've got a, a lawyer preacher who was in an abusive home growing up, who, um, his stepdad was abusive. They kicked him out of the home when he was in high school and he had to go find an apartment when he was in high school and live on his own. Um, he tells his story incredible. I've had two, a lady who had breast cancer, who had a double mastectomy, who had um, reconstructive surgery. And she talked about that. I've had a woman who was uh, in uh, an abusive home or her abusive husband, domestic violence, and uh, was definitely affected in a big way by that, but overcame that and got out of that situation. And now is running businesses and she's super strong. She's amazing. So I love to interview people who have these incredible stories of overcoming difficulties and challenges in life that either they caused like me, or they were victimized or they were born with, you know, something like Brian Bogert was on my podcast. His yeah. arm was ripped off when he was a kid and, you know, he's had to go through difficulties from that. And so that all of my, I've had many, many people who've lost their jobs, you know, had a successful thing going, lost their jobs and felt like they had just lost everything and yet got through it. So my, my, my podcast is to show people that no matter what, there is a way out and there's a way to not only be, get out of it, to, but to be better and stronger for it and to actually look back and be thankful for it. That's huge to look back and be like, I'm so glad that happened. Uh, that, that's, that's a big place when you can get to that. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to have to dig a little deeper there. So tell us more about that, about how in the world can I go from the absolute worst thing that's ever happened in my life that I could even imagine being to get to the point where I'm thankful for it? 
please help us understand that. Yeah, it's not going to happen right away. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening while you're going through it. And it's not happening while you're right after it, unless you're a, a, a just an incredible human. And I've heard of these incredible humans. Uh, like yesterday, I just was reminded of the story of the guy who wrote It Is Well With My Soul, the old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. He wrote that after his five children had died, one in a fire, four in the ship that had gone, uh, had been struck by another ship across the Atlantic and they'd all gone under and drowned. And his wife survived and she called him and said, all, all, all four of the girls are gone. And the other one had already died in a fire, I believe. All five kids gone. Wow. And that man went on that on a ship to go to London to visit his wife, to be with her after the loss of all five of their children. And as they passed over the waters that they, his children had died at, that's when he wrote the song, It Is Well. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking about that kind of human. Those people are <laughs> like, who in the heck does that? Um, I was not that human, but there is a, there, there is, it is possible to go through extreme difficulty and the worst thing that you've ever been through in life that you don't understand that you feel like your life is ruined. I felt like my life had been ruined to then step-by-step step, rebuilding slowly by slowly daily, just doing the small daily things that you should do. Because the thing is, is that when you're here and your life seems ruined, you can't see what's here. You can't see the place where you're gonna look back and be thankful. That seems like an impossible thing. And you can't, you can't see all of that journey in between. All you can see is the first step that you need to take. And as long as you can see that first step, you take that first step. Yeah. And then if you, if you just hang in there, you take the next step. And that's what I did. And before you know it, if you get stronger and better, I'm big on personal growth. I'm really big on focusing on your growth rather than even your goals. I think I, and I love goals. I'm a coach. I'm all about what are your goals? What are your goals? What are your goals? And how are we going to get there? But I feel that if you reach growth more over goals, if growth is your emphasis, even over your goals and you grow as a person, it doesn't matter in the end, if you've grown, you'll be better and stronger and thankful for it. So if I feel that you have to do in that time what you need to do to be better, though, this doesn't happen on accident. This is extremely intentional to get to that place where you look back and you're thankful. I on purpose decided I'm going to be better and stronger for this. I'm not going to let it ruin me. I'm going to be better and stronger. I'm a better human. I'm, a, I'm more compassionate. I'm less judgmental. I'm more understanding. I see the needs of others more now. I'm a much better human. So yes, I am thankful for it. I wouldn't want to go back to that person before all of this happened. I wouldn't want to be that person. I'm so much more thankful for who I am now. So love that. Thank you for explaining that for us. I, I, I think folks will get a lot out of that. Um, I would say folks that not, I wouldn't say desire that, meaning desire the, right. <laughs> the life altering, devastating experience but I would tell you that if things are going well in your world, it's going to be real difficult to learn how to become a better human. It mm -hmm. just is. It, it, I tell my kids this all the time. Well, first of all, I ask them, how do you fail? Or how have you failed today? Which, of course, is totally contrary to what they're learning in school because no one teaches them that they should be failing because that's the only way you learn is when you fail. And if you fail, it means you're trying for something. Thank you. Yes. Those, those who don't try won't fail. <laughs> nope. 
Absolutely you, not. You stay in safety. That's all dandy. You're not going to fail. So don't you worry. But that means you're not trying for anything. Oh, absolutely. And of course, and I contrast that failing with failure. Because failing is something you're doing. You're active with it. Failure means you stopped. You quit. You're not doing anything. You're not trying. That is a state of being. Yeah. That I cannot help. Right. Failures, I can't help. People who fail, I absolutely can help someone like that. Yeah. I think 100%. true failure only comes from quitting. I really do. I think that, that people are like, well, what if I fail? Well, you will. I would say, yeah, you will. You will fail. So go ahead and count on it, bank on it. You're going to fail. If you're going to try for something, you're going to fail. Um, if you're going to step out and get out of your comfort zone and go for something big, you're going to fail. Everyone who's done anything big in life has failed. So just go ahead and bank on it. It's going to happen. But failure, true failure comes when you quit, comes when you give up. That's true failure. So if you're, if you fear being a failure in life, my advice is as long as you never quit, You'll never be a failure. Just keep going. Okay. Tweet right there, folks. You heard it. <laughs> so, I, I said it first here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Be sure to give proper credit. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So we got a few other things that, that I want to cover before we finish up our time here today. Uh, the first one is how are you finding your people? Right now... Instagram is my thing. I do like Instagram a lot. And we, we talked about Clubhouse. Boy, I know I can find my people there too. Or you know what? Clubhouse, I look, I look, I, Clubhouse, I, I like to sit back and listen a lot and learn. Um, and if I can help, that would be awesome too. I don't know that I'm, I'm looking for, for my, no, I would be looking for my, my people on that too. That's a great way to find my people, especially for the podcast. So uh, I, I, I do need to utilize that more, but Instagram is a big one for me. Um, Instagram is kind of where I, I'm, I'm not even on Facebook personally. So, um, I'm, I'm on Instagram and I do, um, I try to do regular posts on there. Uh, I find it exhausting to really be on social media all the time. Uh, there's so many things I would rather be doing, <laughs> but I think that people, that's how they find you. That's how they follow you. And that's how you, you know, so I promote a lot of my stuff on there. And um, that's how I usually get my clients and, and uh, you know, and promote the podcast and all that. So uh, that's MelCoach80, M-E-L-C-O-A-C-H-8-0 is my Instagram handle. So. Okay. And folks, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes so you know how to connect with Mel. Um, are, there, uh, are there other ways for us to connect with you? Sure. You can email me at MelCoach80, same thing at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you're going through something, you just need some encouragement, some support. If you want to talk sometime, um, email me. That's fine. I love that. I do have a website. I'm getting ready to hire someone to redo the whole thing. I cannot wait. It's, it's, I created this a couple of years ago when I became a, a health coach, even though I consider myself a health and life coach. Um, and so it's Melissa Stewart, because my last name is Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. So it's Melissa Stewart, healthcoach.com. Way too long. We're going to break this baby down and make it shorter when we redo it. So Melissa Stewart, healthcoach.com. Um, and so I have a website on there. I, I, I was writing blogs regularly for a while. I loved that. I miss it. I need to get back to doing that. So I have a lot of blogs written and um, you can kind of see what I do on there and a little bit about me. So, but soon that will be changing. I'm excited. I'm going to hire someone to help me redo the whole thing and get some professional pictures on there and 
really make it look nice because I created that myself. So it, it got me by for a while, but it's time. So perfect. Perfect. Other than that, I don't know where else to find me. I'm on, I am on uh, clubhouse and, um, that's about, those are about the best ways to find, find me beautifully restored. Oh, well, I have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is coach Melissa Stewart and that's beautifully restored on there. And now I've got my, um, Monday morning with coach Mel that I've been doing every Monday morning. That's been really fun. It's a small little five, six, seven minute tidbit that I've been doing. I just started that. And then every, about every Thursday, I post a, um, a, an interview now. So that's fun. So that's on YouTube and it's on, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, all that stuff. Beautifully restored. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um, <clears throat> real quickly, one of the big parts of what we do on this show is we talk about relationships. And so far we've talked more on the business side of things, which is perfectly fine, but I want to spend just a moment talking about the relationship side. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, share with us a little bit about your most significant relationships and how do those relationships impact your businesses? Oh, well, my husband is super supportive. Um, yeah, if anybody's listening and they are married to an entrepreneur, <laughs> good luck, first of all. Oh, yeah. If you're not an entrepreneur. My husband yeah. is not an entrepreneur, uh, really? per se. Um, although he does have training clients, he does a lot of side hustle training, uh, jujitsu, boxing, and uh, strength training. And he side hustles hard. He's really building that business, but it's not, you know, it's kind of a side hustle passion project of his that he, that he does for fun and he makes money, but he is a highly educated uh, corporate man. I mean, he works for our hospital and he manages uh, an entire department of our hospital and wow. master's degree, all these fancy things that I don't have. And, you know, it's a different, we're two different people in, in that regard, but he is so supportive of my wild unicorn rainbow brain that has all these wild ideas and thinks that everything will just work out. Who cares about the logistics? We don't need <laughs> or we don't need any way to, we, we need a system and a process for that. Like, it was just, he's like, Melissa, like, <laughs> let's create a spreadsheet and let's see what this is going to look like on paper. And I'm just like, how about we start another business? You know, like I want to start a pet business called pet escorts. <laughs> so he's like, Oh, we already have three. Let's, you know, so he has to be married to this. It's not easy. I'm sure, but he's so supportive. He believes in me. He thinks I'm amazing. And he's like, I know if you put your hand on it, it's going to grow. It's going to be fine. And he will support me along the way. So that's been very helpful to have him. Cause it's not always that way when you have some two people married, One's an entrepreneur, the other is not, and they don't understand. Like, well, it's interesting that you say that. <clears throat> Do you happen to know what the divorce rate is among entrepreneurs? <laughs> no. Did, guess. Pretty high. 52%? Really 65. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Now, for, for those of you who aren't familiar with how statistics work, uh, the national average is about 50%. So when I tell you that entrepreneurs, the divorce rate is 65%, 15% higher is what they call statistically significant. Mm, it is wow. a big deal. For sure. And so for those of us who are entrepreneurs, what that means is we have to get better at relationships at home. We have to do a better job of communicating with our partners. We absolutely have to do a better job because trust me when I tell you, you don't want to end up where I am. 
You don't want to end up divorced. You don't want to end up having two completely different schedules all the time, not spending any time together, and you live like roommates because it sucks. It's horrible. And the divorce is coming if you don't. I'm just saying it is. Yeah. So don't let it get that far. If you need help figuring that out, send me a direct message. I'd be more than happy to help you with that because that's something part of my hard work that I had to do working through my pain to get to my purpose and ultimately my platform. And that's a part of it. So happy to help in any way that I can with that. All right. Is there any final thoughts that you have or words of encouragement you'd like to leave the listeners before we get to our final four? (laughs) Well, you know, if you're listening to this and you need, you feel like you are that person who feels super stuck, needs something to just grab onto, no hope. Hey, listen, I have been at the bottom of the bottomist. (laughs) So please reach out. I would love to talk to you. And uh, if I can help in any way, I'm not even, I'm not trying to market myself as a coach and try to no, do that right now. I'm um, giving you, please do that. Do tell, that. tell people, what do you have to offer? This is your chance. Promote you do it. Um, well, we are, we do. I run a monthly coaching groups, which have been super fun. And I did um, side-by-side groups, whereas I did like a health coaching group. And then I also did a business group. And we had a a really cool group in January called Fearless Motion, where I coached on taking action and taking scary action in your life and business. And that was super fun. I did that in January. And so I'm getting ready to work on something similar to that for life and business type stuff. And then on the other side, I I have a group called Fit and Fierce. And that is a a health coaching group. It's really for people that are trying to lose weight, eat better nutrition, uh, regular exercise, and you just need that support and accountability. So be watching my stuff. I'm getting ready to announce my March groups. We're not, we're going to take a couple of weeks off and probably start mid-March, but I run those groups. We meet once a week via Zoom. I keep it super affordable. You get a lot of one-on-one with me and then you get the group sessions and we really band together and uh, support one another and share ideas. It's been good. So that's group coaching. I do one-on-one coaching also. If you really need that personal attention, um, I have several one-on-one clients. I'm always uh, doing those too. So uh, yeah, you can find me on my website, on Instagram, all that information is on there. I have a link tree on Instagram where you can, you know, find everything there. So, and my dog is snoring right now. So if you guys, <laughs> it is not me. I'm awake. All right. Well, I, I have to admit, I can't hear that, but that doesn't mean it won't show up later. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? We may put the sound effects in anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. all right we move on to our final four are you ready i'm ready okay why did god create melissa god created melissa to share her story uh and her journey um i went from being ashamed of my story and hiding it to now sharing it and using it as a way to impact and help people i feel i have a real gift of making people feel special making people feel wanted making people feel welcome. And I think God created me on this earth to, to spread that and to help people feel special and needed and wanted. Great, great. Okay. Number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to that's helping you grow right now? Oh, my, my, my morning routine is huge. I get up at 4.45 and it is, uh, you know, it's a very rigid morning. I love it that way. 
I work out, I strength train for at least 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, when it's nice out, I go on a quick little 10 minute walk in which I'm going to listen to um, a podcast or generally I listen to a lot of books. Right now I'm listening to um, The Magic of Big Thinking, which is an old book, but it's been around, but it's, been, it's an oldie but a goodie. So The Magic of Big Thinking, um, I, anything to just blow my mind up and make me think of big possibilities because I, you, we all tend to struggle with self-limiting beliefs. And mm -hmm. so I'm always listening to influencers and books and podcasts to blow up my mind and my thinking. So my morning routine is what I'm doing um, that brings all that in. I have a short devotional time during that time where I read uh, some scripture. Uh, I have pr uh, my pray very short prayer time, sometimes meditation. Um, I eat a good breakfast and then I goal plan or I, I day plan and I write out my goals. So I have a notebook where I write my goals out. I actually write my goals out twice a day, morning and night. And I write out my, my day is always, my priorities are listed out. I know my top three priorities for every single day. And then the other tasks that need to be done too. So I, I'm very, very uh, specific about my morning routine and planning my day, making use of every single minute. So that's gotcha. big for me. Okay. Now this next one, it's a three-part question, but you'll understand why it's three parts in just a minute. So what do you do for fun? What do you do for fun with your hubby? And what do you do for fun with your family? What do I do for fun? Um, I play the piano for my church and I love that. We have an amazing band and they are so good. And I get to play the piano with them about twice a month when I'm on their schedule and it is like, I leave there feeling like I'm unstoppable. And that is <laughs> like, oh, it fills my soul. It takes up a lot of my time, but I love it. So that's for me uh, with my husband, we're learning the guitar together. So another nice. thing, we're actually learning how to play the acoustic guitar. We have a lessons every week and then we practice and he's actually a little better than I am, but I think he practices a lot more than I do. Um, he has a little more time to practice, I feel like, because I'm always on the piano. So we do that together. And with um, my family, we love to travel. We love taking the kids places. We've taken them to Jamaica, and um, which is really fun to do that with them. We've taken them all around California. We took the kids like a big circle around the entire state of California. Wow. And they, of course they've been to Florida and all those other places, but those were some really cool places that we've taken them to. We want to take them to Africa someday and to Hawaii. We were supposed to go to Hawaii last year. We had it all paid for, ready to go. And then COVID. So we've got to get them right. to Hawaii. So we love to take the kids on vacation and just spend even short trips. We'll go to the Ozarks, you know, we'll, we'll go to uh, Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, Tennessee, just short, even little closer trips. Uh, we love to take them places and just watch things through their eyes. Kids are so much fun uh, to do things with because they see things so much differently than we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that. So very true. All right. And our final question, what are you most grateful for? I am most grateful for second chances. Uh, oh, I could get a little choked up right now. I'm most thankful for God, for God, for God's forgiveness, um, for God using broken things. Yes. Like he actually wants to use broken things. We're more usable when we're broken. And the fact <laughs> that he looks at me as this disastrous mess and just says, I still want to use you. I'm still going to use you. People are going to respect you. People are going to admire you. You are going to be able to inspire. You're going to be things that I never thought I could ever do again. <laughs> I was like, nobody's ever going to respect me again. And God's like, nope, 
I'm going to bring you back up to a place where you can be used again. And I am so grateful all the time for that. It's such a gift. It's such a gift. And if you're not a believer and you're not into Jesus and all that stuff, look at it in a different way. Be thankful for restoration. Be thankful for being able to repair yourself and to grow and become better in personal growth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you, you know, look at it in that light. Be thankful that no matter what, life is not over until it's over. Uh, and you still have a chance to redeem, restore, and be better. So super grateful for that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing those with us. Give us a little more insight into you, Coach Mal, sure. and what... Uh, what's important to you. Listeners, thank you very much for taking time to spend with us today and for just being able to listen in with, with open minds and open hearts, because I really feel like there's a lot of stuff that Coach Mel shared with us today that if you allow yourselves to do this, your life's going to be changed because of it. And change used to be a curse word to me but I've learned how important it is to change because that's how I get better. That's how you get better is when we allow ourselves to be changed. So I will leave that with you. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.